Hello, I am your host, Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Strongly Connected Components, episode 46, brought to you by acmescience.com. I am joined this week by Timothy Lanzone, the writer and director of Traveling Salesman, an intellectual thriller about four mathematicians tasked with solving the hardest problem in computer science. Here we go. Joining me today on Strongly Connect Components, I have Timothy Lanzote, the director and writer of the new traveling salesman movie which is an intellectual thriller about four mathematicians hired by the united states government to solve the most elusive problem in computer science history hello tim how are you doing good thank you very much cool to be here oh thank you so much for uh joining me on the show awesome i i see in your bio on your website which is traveling salesmanmovie.com that uh, you have done some uh, work for Major League Soccer. I, I realize this is not actually what I'm supposed to be here talking to you about, but I'm <laughs> such a huge soccer fan that, that I have to ask. Y- you go from Major League Soccer to a math movie? <laughs> right. What a, what a, well, I went from a math movie to Major League Soccer. Yeah, we filmed Salesman a couple years ago, but I, I work, I pay the bills working at NBC Sports, and I do creative content. I write and produce creative content for those guys and my my kind of focus right now is major league soccer so you know anything on the network yeah that's 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 been my baby for the last year so it's entirely possible i've seen some of your work then and not even known it uh, <laughs> right there you go so this traveling salesman movie what what really brought you around to the idea of of doing a movie about a math problem i mean it sounds like something i would do uh, but it doesn't sound like something that anyone who actually makes movies would do. Yeah, it, it, it certainly seems to be an underserved kind of you know sect of the of, of the filmmaking world. There's very few movies about these types of things. But you know, the, the long story or or the short story, either way. But years ago, I, I shot a feature film that kind of didn't get out there too much, and so I knew when I when I kind of came around, I wanted to do another picture. I had to, I had to choose something that was manageable, that was, you know, I, I could shoot quickly and easily and cheaply on a lower budget. So I started challenging myself to kind of come up with a way to kind of contain interest in, in a few locations, contain, contain like a, a story and a plot and, and kind of build intrigue in a few locations, which is not, not easy to do. So, I, you know, like all our 12 Angry Men or, or something like that. So, I, it's not, I've always had interest in math. My brother is actually a Michigan grad, he's a computer scientist, and he, he kind of helped co-write it. So it, it's always been an interest of mine, kind of just just kind of some of the heroic accomplishments of math and, and science over the last hundred years. But it, it kind of started striking me what what could be the next big thing, and, and how could that play out in the film? So I, I'd actually started out writing a script about the prime number and, and kind of the implications of public cryptography, 
And I wrote a script, you know, in, in you know, a limited number of locations, presented it to my brother, kind of like, hey, check this out. What do you think about this? He, uh, he said, you know what, that, that's really cool, but forget the prime number, take a look at this, this computer science problem, T versus NT. And, you know, he kind of, and I, at that point, this was probably three, four years ago, I never even heard of it, like a lot of people haven't. <laughs> and so I kind of, he started doing the research together, I kind of allowed him to tweak the script, but I'd, I'd actually initially written a script, coincidentally, that, that featured a lot of the kind of the implications uh, that, that P versus NT would have, you know, if these, if these people in, in kind of a Manhattan Project-esque endeavor were, were to kind of come up with a solution. So script came together and it kind of, you know, it presented to some producing partners and everybody kind of just fell in love with this very simple idea of containing all this stuff in a small room based off this very unique but very real and kind of interestingly scary math problem. So we, we kind of went on our way with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was certainly, I, I will say, my, my brother being a mathematician, Peter Sciences, certainly was a, an inspiration, but I, I've always had kind of a, an interest in that. It's always been fascinating to me. But to kind of tell a story about this, you know, it, it seems unnatural given my, you know, current what I do now. But, you know, for me, it, it certainly does feel like a natural fit. Well, I'm I'm very happy that you did it. And uh, from the reaction that you've had on the Internet, it seems like I'm not the only one who uh, is happy that you're doing it. Uh, so so I kind of I, well you you sort of answered this but I was wondering if we can go a little bit more into it because this is something that I'm I'm personally very interested in is that how do you make sure that you manage to keep the mathematics consistent you mentioned uh, working with your brother on, on the script writing but from what I the tiny amount I know about film production it does seem that that things change while you're actually you know getting right up to the shooting and then actually doing the shooting. So how, how do you maintain kind of that uh, mathematical consistency, knowing that mathematicians and computer scientists are some of the most pedantic people in the world. And if there's one mistake, they are going to yell about it for years. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, first off, I think I, I didn't really have any, and this is just, you know, I, I, it's, I guess naivete, but I, I didn't really have anything of kind of the level of, you know, outpouring of just interest that would come about doing the film. I, you know, I always thought the film would live more in the, the film world and then computer science and math people would kind of pick at it or, or choose to seek it out. We, we, right have, we, have no, we have no entertainment that's aimed at us. Uh, right. <laughs> give us I know. anything. <laughs> I know. And, and, it's, and, and, you know, and it's really cool. It's, it's a passion, but it's, yeah, it's certainly, I've been surprised the last few weeks, I'll say that. But it, it, to answer the question about how to keep the math consistent, the script was, we locked the script early. And as when you, in our case, we had a very limited amount of time to shoot the film. So you have to be very diligent on and disciplined on staying on schedule and on task. So we weren't able to kind of expand the script, expand anything. It was locked and we had to stay disciplined and kind of just focusing on just delivering these lines in the short amount of time that we had because it's such a dialogue-driven film. And, you know, in every film, there's, you know, there's a level of belief suspension. So what we do, we try to avoid kind of getting into the nitty-gritty of solving the problem and, and talk more about other implications and other responsibilities and more dilemmas and a lot of the other things associated with them. 
but you know, in, like you said, oftentimes on film sets, things it's it's organized chaos on a film set. Normally, we had to be very rigorous, very structured. Honestly, we shot the whole film in about ten days, and you know, eighty pages. You know, a normal film shoots two to three pages a day, and that's a lot. So we were shooting, you know, eight to ten, some days twelve pages of the script a day. So we had to be very diligent in just saying and committing to where we were with the script and kind of the idea and then just going with it. And, and the actors were, I will say, I mean, as, as you could probably imagine, a lot of the actors were just a little confused by the, the material and a lot, you know, just confused by the basic material as a lot of people might be. So they were, a lot of them were along for the ride. Some, some of the actors were, you know, we tried to pick, we tried to cast the best we could with the limited amount of time we had, but um, we tried to pick guys who had had, theater experience who stood up in front of people and just delivered long lines, you know, Shakespeare, what have you, on a whim. So when the camera started rolling, these guys would be comfortable spewing long, multi-syllabic, you know, lines that were basically hieroglyphics to them beforehand. A lot of these, uh, you know, technical terms that were, were that we put in the film are not, you know, common things that they'd say. So we casting and kind of just on the set, these guys were just literally committed and we as filmmakers are committed to just kind of sticking with the script and the plan that we had and kind of executing it on, on, a, on a time plane that, that we could get out and, and not have, you know, everybody chewing at each other's throats, which often does happen on smaller films. So, yeah, we, you know, it, it, the concept was locked, the idea was locked, and we kind of just had to commit to it and, and go. From having, having seen the trailer, uh, it seems that at least one of the themes I was able to uh, drag out of that was that it kind of seemed that you were approaching uh, the idea that P equals NP sort of as the nuclear bomb Manhattan project scenario, but for mathematics, kind of like uh, knowing uh, that the possible result could be bad. Should they still create it? Should they still release it? Am I, am I off on that? No, that's, you know, and, Without, you know, I don't want to give a ton of plot away, but it's, that was definitely an inspiration for the film was, was just kind of what, and this is always, you know, this gets back to my earlier questions, kind of like, how did I come there? It's always been a fascinating subject for me, just kind of when you put these brilliant minds together, when they're well-funded and when they have a very clear goal, some crazy, interesting and just powerful things can occur like what happened in the Manhattan Project. So I kind of, it, it, yeah, 100% it, it was kind of viewed as, what would be, and that was kind of one of the questions I, I posited, what would be a Manhattan Project today, you know, in a, in a world where bombs and, you know, bombs are still prevalent, but it, it seems to be, warfare seems to be going in a different direction. What would kind of be the future? What would be the next hundred years of warfare? And, and how could that be powerful? So it, it, it was certainly inspired by that. And it's kind of these these men come together and they're funded and they're, they're denied nothing. They, you know, they're, they're, and they have a very clear goal knowing that, yeah, they, 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 what they could create could be very powerful and, and it could really change the world. So, and, and that's one of the, one of the themes and one of the dilemmas that these guys have to, to address in the film and, and kind of who should own this. Is, should this be kept secret? Should this be, you know, would it be safer if this was made public? So, you know, companies, microprocessing companies or um, medical science companies, a lot of these places that could use this for, for greater good could kind of run with it and help the world. Or is this to be, you know, kept 
away and kept, you know, for, for you know, a, a governmental or a political purpose. But that's certainly one of the lines, one of the discussions and one of the themes of the film is kind of what, what to do with, with something that could really change the world. What are some of the things that uh, the characters in your movie feel uh, would change about the world if this uh, solution where P equals NP is released? Uh, and a lot of it has to deal uh, do with access, and, and it does feature a lot of hacking. You know, t- talk about hacking and cyber warfare. So it's it's kind of a lot, it's the more destructive side of you know having you know a, a quick access or, or, or the ability to solve something quickly. Um, what that can, what and even things like uh, theft from financial institutions. You know, they I would say they they talk about both. Yeah, the more interesting side is, the, is, I guess, the destructive or the the aggressive, you know, implications of of the problem. But they they do also address, you know, like how could this could also be a huge advancement? Obviously, for political reasons, people are, are going to be maybe more interested in, in how to, you know, how the, what the implications are that could could help the government or could help um, a particular country siphon secrets or access you know, national secrets of data or what have you for, for political gain and, and kind of what, what the implications is, is, it, is that right? Is that wrong? Is, is this what we were, and a lot of it has to do with what the, what the four mathematicians, as mathematicians and not politicians, what they were initially brought to the project to do. Were they hired to just do this project and back away or were they hired to kind of bring perspective and kind of, and, and also a point of view on how and what this could actually mean for the rest of the world? You mentioned having having done this uh, a couple of years ago. Were you kind of sitting there uh, waiting with bated breath for Vinay uh, Dayalalikar's uh, proof that P does not equal NP to fall apart? Funny thing was, yeah, we we had actually. I'm trying to figure. It was right around the time we were we were kind of finishing up like a rough cut, and we were kind of assembling things to kind of start sending out to some people to kind of get a, a perspective about. So when, yeah, when Vinay's proof came through, we were, we all, you know, a mass email went out and we were literally sitting around going, wow, that would be a huge problem. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we, we would say we were somewhat relieved when things did not go well for Vinay, but it, it was, it was an interesting time. It was, you know, we following this problem for, for the years that we were, it, it was, yeah, it, it was interesting to see this come down, and then it, it just seemed like the worst time, literally as soon as we'd finished the cut, and we were kind of ready to start showing some people this happens, and uh, luckily for the film, we're, we're, we're still okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy about that as well, because uh, I, I wonder if distribution would have been uh, harder than I'm sure it already is for a small independent yeah film about mathematics uh, speaking of that yeah. what what sort of reactions do you get from i mean not not from my side of things but from your side of things what sort of reaction do you get when you're trying to shop around a math movie and good question we it's it's the nice thing is it's been mostly positive so you know one of the, the early challenges was how do you walk this this really fine line between making a film that mathematicians and scientists, computer scientists will respect and want to watch again and 
you know, one of, because, you know, we try to layer things into the film that, you know, that they'll pick up and that they'll notice and that they'll like and that they'll, they'll respond to. And then on the flip side, also make a film that can sell and be accessible to my wife or, you know, my friend, you know, who, you know, the rest of the, 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 the wider, you know, the greater audience and, and not alienate either one. It's a fine line. So, well, we were nervous and we'd actually, when we screened it to some, some early audiences, we got a lot of dumb looks and a lot of confused faces. So we, what we infected is we went back and added a little a script, a pre-script before the film, kind of giving a very brief, very brief summary of, of kind of PNP just to kind of set it up a little bit and provide a little more context as opposed to just running into this film. So those are the kind of things we're, we're trying to walk that fine line. We also know that, you know, drama and human drama is very, it, it, you know, you can watch a, a silent film even without subtitles and still understand the drama. So I'm not saying our film should just, you know, people might as well watch it in, in, in silent if they're not mathematicians, but the, the, the human drama and the motion and the interaction between the characters, even if you don't necessarily understand specifically what they're talking about, or even broadly what they're talking about, you still get the drama and the emotion. You still kind of, you're still along for the ride. And that's, and I, and I think we've accomplished that on that level. Whether they really like the movie in the end is something else. But I think they'll all at least understand kind of the direction and the ride and, and, the, and the ups and downs and, and some of the, the, the mysteries that we're trying to build in there. In terms of distributors, they and film festivals, which has also been, we've gotten a lot of really, we're, we're, we're showing again in New York City International Film Festival in August, which is really cool, but we, we sent it to a couple of festivals before the film maybe was ready, kind of as a very rough version. And they got really positive feedback, but it, it was, you know, it was along the lines of very powerful film, very interesting film, but not sure if it was right for our festival kind of thing. And not probably enough for the bigger fest um, that can really help propel film out there. Distributors are, we're, we're in talks with, with a couple of them now, which is exciting. It, the feedback is, you know, from ones who are intrigued, but not, you know, not going to bite. It's been the same thing. It's been, this is interesting, but this is also, this feels like a, a very, very niche film. And, and, and you know, to, to, the, to that point, it's, it's, it's interesting to see, and, and we're hoping to build a case, even over the last few weeks, just the, the massive response the film's received, you know, I don't want to call it viral, but it's really been organic of, of just getting so much, without really doing anything, getting so much traction and attention from the computer science community. It seems that we're hoping that that helps us build a case moving forward and saying, listen, you know, you may not, you know, you may not see, you know, uh, or understand what's happening, but there's a, there's, a, there's a large audience that does. And it, it, it can also reach a broader audience, but, you know, there's a built-in audience. And one of the things we've been talking about recently is kind of, I wouldn't say the parallel, but certainly, you know, comic book films have, you know, they may, they're, Hollywood seems to be turning these things out left and right because they have this lovely built-in audience. So when they create a comic book movie, they know all the comic book fans, which number in the thousands and tens of thousands, are going to pay tickets to go see the film, and it just alone, you know, that investment alone makes it worth it a while. So we're, we're kind of we've kind of been talking about, hey, we almost have a comic book movie in a sense, so we have a built-in audience, and people are going to be interested who who work in this community, who, who research in this community, and, you know, they're going to be interested in seeing the film at the very least. So we're we're trying to formulate a plan, kind of moving forward, how to how to kind of market that, how to kind of absorb that, and how to how to 
make that clear to the distributors and to the festivals and these other people that can kind of help us get it out even even bigger than uh, than what will happen. So, but it is it, it is a fine line. From from everything you're saying, all what I'm taking in is that we just need a bunch more people to write science and math movies and shoot them, and then we can have a science and math movie festival. Right. Well, and, and you know what? There, are, there actually are some science festivals out there, believe it or not. So yeah, but it, that that would be ideal. Then we could have a huge audience, and then it could be you know it could be like Live Aid or something. You know, where, where we get hundreds of thousands of mathematicians, and we're all you know. In, in, in one big harmony and we're helping the world or something. I, I, I <laughs> that, that is a, that is an absolutely beautiful sentiment. And, and one that I, that I truly hope, I love the idea that science movies are the new comic book movies. Uh, there's also a, a surprising intersection on those audiences. Uh, <laughs> there is. There is. I know it. That's what I know. So you, you mentioned what exactly was the response when, when you first put up, uh, well, at, a couple of weeks ago, at least when I first started seeing uh, some buzz about the trailer and I watched it immediately, then I put out a tweet about it. I think I put it up on a blog somewhere, too. Uh, uh, I don't have enough followers to make that important compared to some of the other people who mentioned it. So what what was the sort of reaction uh, from I mean, how long did it start to take once you put those things out there? I forget the exact date that we launched the website, but it was within within about a week. I want to say that the, the website was live. We we were featured on I think it was Archie Lipton's you know Girls Rock Letter blog. Uh, that might have been the first one, but it was very quickly, and we started to see like our YouTube views of the trailer just exponentially jump and bump and and we we're like wow this is you know and we we have a contact form via our, you know, the film's website. And I started getting a lot of emails through the contact form. I was like, wow, what's going on? And, and then we started kind of just Googling the film and we started noticing it on, you know, and when we track on Google Analytics, the, the website, we started noticing it on other places and other websites. And it happened very quickly. I, I would say we, we, just to give context, we're, we're mid-May. We probably launched the website mid-April, April 15th, April 20th, around there. You know, a lot of that stuff started happening. We, we started seeing film everywhere and, and just kind of <laughs> very mysteriously to us really quickly. And, 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 and that's also, again, kind of commenting what I was, or speaks to what I was talking about before, just kind of the, the passionate community that, that, that the film kind of lives in or is living in right now. It wasn't viral, but it was certainly organic and quick. And, and it's, it, was, it was exciting. I mean, we, we kind of, you know, these things in the film industry, seem to happen at a snail's pace until they suddenly aren't happening at a snail's pace anymore. Stuff's kind of happening quickly and, and just blows up instantly. So we're hoping to keep that momentum rolling and, and kind of break it out in some other areas and, and get some more people interested and at least kind of build a nice base and, and, and help us out a little bit. If someone, say, has an unlimited travel budget and wants to see this movie come hell or high water, how could they possibly do that? <laughs> We, we're doing a screening, a premiere screening. I live in Philadelphia, so we're doing a kind of a friends and family free premiere screening, more or less a celebration for finally finishing, finally getting everything done with the picture on June 16th at Philadelphia, the International House. The info's on the website. So if anybody wants to come watch that, it will be there for free, and it'll, it'll, we'll have a blast. And then in August, the film a week or so ago was accepted in New York City International Film Festival. That runs in mid-August. Special selection work 
seen. There's a chance we might do the premiere film, the opening night film, which would be really cool. But it'll be in New York City for that week, playing uh, playing a few times in Times Square. So that'll be cool, to kind of get it, you know, kind of get it out there a little bit more to a, a, a broader audience. So right now, there's also Bill Cook, who's the author of Industry of the Traveling Salesman, contacted us about ISM, ISMP, ISMP, I think I said that right, um, which is, you know, a, a big national convention in, in Berlin, and also in August, he asked if they could show the film there. So we're kind of checking, taking a look at that opportunity. We've actually gotten a lot of very positive response from Germany about the film. I don't, I don't know if that's coincidental or, or what. So there's a chance it could be in, in, in Berlin in, in August as well. So that's, that's where we're at right now. Hopefully more and more, you know, as we move into fall. But right now, that's where we stand. I, 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 would, I would personally suggest uh, beginning of August, there's something called Math Fest. It's only a few hours south of me. Uh, and that's right around in my travel budget. There's the, yeah, there's the MAA Math Fest. I think that they'd love to see it. I will. I will. Uh, that sounds great. We'll all contact those guys. Yeah, we're trying. You know, any audience we could build and and get some buzz going, it it certainly is is, is going to help us. Okay, so I, I have one final question. When is the Navier Stokes movie coming out? <laughs> I don't know. I do not know. Okay, well, uh, Timothy Ladzone, uh, <laughs> writer and director of Traveling Salesman. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Samuel. Appreciate it. Had fun. So that is all the time we have for this episode of Strongly Connected Components. If you want to find out more information about Timothy Lanzone and his movie, Traveling Salesman, please head on over to acmescience.com, where you can also find out about Acme Science's other shows, like Science Sparring Society, a monthly look at the great fights from the history of science. Sounds great, right? You should probably go listen. The music on today's episode is Hard and Firm, Pi, and SP12's Shadows 192. I want to thank both of those groups for letting us use their music. It's great, and we've been using it forever, so thank you guys so much. You can also send me an email, samuel at acmescience.com, if you have any feedback at all for me. That's my personal email address, really. So if you send me an email, I guarantee I'll get it. Finally, this show, as all of Acme Science happens to be, is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License. So if you really get the need to make a techno remix from my voice, you can just say that you got it here at acmescience.com. Once again, thank you all for listening, and I hope that you come back for the next episode of Strongly Connected Components.